This call may be recorded or transcribed. Good morning, it's Diane. Happy Thursday to you too. I love you. I'm going on mute. Good morning, it's Sister Tracy. Happy Thursday. Yvonne was on there. Hi, Tracy. 
Yes, ma'am. How you doing this morning? I'm doing good. How are you? Wonderful, marvelous on this glorious Thursday morning. Giving God thanks and praise for another day of life. Honey, honey, I'm so grateful. (laughs) I hear you. I am too. Because we didn't have to, he didn't have to open our eyes this morning, but he did. He sure sure didn't. He said, we woke up this morning with our mind set on on Jesus. Jesus. Deep, deep. Oh, my God. I'm just so on fire this morning. I'm just, like, so grateful. Hey, good morning. I know. Good morning. Good morning. Y'all greeting this morning? Nope. Yes, y'all are. Go ahead. I like it. That's the same. Good morning, y'all. We'll give Lucy a few more minutes to jump on. Let's see. Good morning, Good morning, Dee Dee. Good morning, Dee Dee. I love you. Good love morning, you too, I love you. I'm more, I love you too, Miss Diane. I miss you. I, the baby be having me tired out. It's, it's all good. We got you, though. We got you. We just let you know that we miss you, though. I miss you too. Okay, I'm going on mute. Okay. Good morning, family. Cedric's on the call. Good morning, Cedric. Good morning, Sister Lisa. God bless you. Everyone in the car. Hey, hey. Have a great Good morning. You too. Good morning. Yes, yes. I guess I'll just keep saying good morning until Sister Susie joins. And if she doesn't, we all going to say good morning. Good morning. Welcome to Declare Victory. This is Rochelle and DV family. Who's joined the call and would like to say good morning? Good morning, Shell. Hey, family. Good morning, Lisa. Hey, hey. Good morning. Who's joined the call and would like to say good morning? Didi, I got that now face for today. That's it. That's it. That's all. Hey, now jump. Good morning. Who's joined the call and would like to say good morning? Good morning. Who wants to give God the glory on this thankful Thursday? Good morning, humble Al. Praise God. Good morning, humble Al. Praise be unto the Lord. Yes, thank you, Jesus. Good morning, Miss Leomia. Morning, Mama Leomia. How are you this morning? Hey, I'm blessed and I'm highly favored. And ain't no cliche. I am blessed and highly favored. All right now. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. You have a great day. You too. Good morning, everyone. This is Lucille. Thank you. Good morning. I'm sorry I didn't hear your name. <clears throat> it's Lucille. Are you guys taking prayer requests now? Good morning, Lucille. Yes, ma'am. I'd like to pray for my brother and uh, all of my family. 
I have a brother who's having some procedures. They found a mask on his lungs. And I'd like to pray for him. His name is Ricky. Okay. Got you. Thank you. You're welcome. Good morning. Has anyone else joined and would like to say good morning? Good morning, family. Welcome to Declare Victory. This is Rochelle. Has anyone joined and would like to say good morning before we get started? Hey, Shell. Christina Joy. Hi. Look, you still up? (laughs) (laughs) Right. Give me one moment. I'm going to pull up the script so we can go ahead and get started. All right, if there's anyone else that would like to say good morning, go ahead and do so just while I get it. pull up the script. Sorry if you hear the tapping, I'm trying to pull it up here. All right, so my phone, I want to pull up the script. Give me one more second. Good morning, good morning. Who didn't get a chance to say good morning while I'm trying to get the script pulled up? Good morning. This is Patience. Happy, what is this, Thursday? Happy Thursday. Yes, it is Thursday. Happy Thursday. Here we go. All right. Happy Thursday, Patience. So if we can all go ahead and check our phones and put them on hold, I mean, put them on mute. I'm sorry, don't put them on hold, put them on mute so we can go ahead and get started. Good morning, my name is Rochelle, and I am standing in for Susie. I'll be your host and your prayer warrior. Thank you for joining us here at Declare Victory. We are a prayer call that meets Monday through Friday, starting at 6 a.m. Pacific Standard, 8 a.m. Central Standard, and 9 a.m. Eastern Standard to edify, empower, encourage, and equip you in your walk with Christ. Be sure to stay tuned in the last two days of April, where our monthly theme is entitled Illogical Faith. All the declarations will focus on the importance of having illogical faith considering the will and plan of God, which allows us to walk and live with purpose. There is one announcement to, one announcement today. Ladies, please join us tonight and every Thursday night for Walk It Out Women's Call. It's hosted by Lisa Porter. Um, we'll be going over through the book of entitled Emotionally Healthy Spiritually. It's impossible to be spiritually mature while remaining emotionally immature by Peter Scazzaro. The call takes place from 6 to 7 Pacific Standard, 8 to 9 Central Standard, and 9 to 10 um, Eastern Standard right here by calling the same number tonight. Um, 
Um, we have a couple prayer requests of uh, verbal. Let me just check if there's any by the, any for the app. Sorry about the pause. So there's none on the app. The order of the call, prayer and corporate praise, will be brought by myself, Rochelle. The declaration will be brought by Tanya. Then we will go right into closing comments, into closing comments hosted by our declarers. Let me go back. I will be your prayer warrior, and your declaration will be brought by Tanya and Sabrina. The scripture for today, 2 Timothy 4 and 7, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading and hearing undoing of his holy word. At this time, I ask that you check your phones. Go ahead and put them on mute as we begin to come humbly and boldly to the throne of God in prayer. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you that you allow us to work, oh God, while it's day. Hallelujah. For when night cometh, no man can work, oh God. Go ahead and please check your phones and put them on mute. So, Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus with the help of the Holy Spirit, oh God. With the help of the Holy Spirit and by your grace, Lord, we join with the heavenly host making a joyful noise to you and serving you with gladness. Lord, we come before your presence with singing. Lord, we know, recognize, perceive, and understand with approval that you are God. It is you who made us and not we ourselves, and we are yours. We are your people and the sheep of your pasture. Father, we enter into your gates with thanksgiving and present an offering of thanks. We enter into your courts with praise. We are thankful and delighted to say so. Lord, we bless and affectionately praise your name. In the name of Jesus. Lord, your good, your good and your mercy and your loving kindness are everlasting. Your faithfulness and truth endure to all generations. It is good and delightful thing to give thanks, thanks unto you, O Most High. Lord, you are you have prepared us to listen to your to the inner voice, the voice of the Holy Spirit. Thank you for your grace, which is teaching us to entrust ourselves and others. Thank you for life. Thank you for life in its abundance. It was you who gave us a desire to pray, and we are grateful for the prayer place where we meet you. And we thank you for your word. Life is exciting, and we are grateful that we are alive for such a time as this. Thank you for your past and present relationships, Lord. I thank you. Can somebody please Ooh, mute their phone? Send you. Lord, we thank you, oh God. For we learn, oh God, to oppose. Uh, we thank you, oh God. For you taught us to recognize and understand our strengths and our weaknesses. You gave us discernment and spiritual understanding. We enter into your gates with thanksgiving in our heart. You are our Father. And we are your children, loved by you unconditionally. Lord, we rejoice in you, and we give thanks in remembrance of your holiness. Lord, we are Lord, we are overcomers by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony, O oh God. Lord, we thank you, O oh God. We lift up um, the prayer request from Lucio, O oh God. Lord, we lift up her family unto you. 
Lord, you know what they need individually, and you know what they need as a family, oh, God. Lord, we pray for her brother Ricky, oh, God, that the uh, prognosis of what the doctor um, may have saw um, says that he has a math on his lungs. But we know, oh, God, that we re- we believe the report of the Lord, oh, God. We believe the report of Jehovah Rapha, who is the healer, oh, God, who can heal anything, oh, God. And, Lord, as we, as uh, Lucille is on this call, oh, God, I pray that her faith is growing to know, oh, God, that she can call on you, oh, God, and you, you will step in, oh, God, and make Ricky whole again, oh, God. Lord, that she uh, will hear what the doctors say, but she will uh, proclaim the word of you, O oh God. Hallelujah. That can do all things, O oh God. Hallelujah. Lord, we thank you. Lord, we pray over our children, O oh God, in the schools, O oh God. Lord, I ask that you expose the subtle things that go on in the schools, O oh God, like the uh, the quietness of bullying, O oh God. Sometimes it's just outright out there, but sometimes it's not, O oh God. And there are so many different forms of bullying, O oh God. So, Lord, I ask that you cease the enemy and his, uh, and his devices, O oh God, that the kids be, try to bully one another, O oh God. But, Lord, you turn that thing around and, and give them uh, the love, O oh God, that they extend grace upon grace, O oh God that they be mindful, oh God, that uh, when they say things that are hurtful, oh God, that they understand that they are hurtful, oh God. Hallelujah. And that um, the principle of sowing and reaping, oh God, is just not monetary, oh God. It applies to everything. It is a principle. So, Lord, I ask that you take um, the words and, and the misuse of each other, oh God, and you turn it around, Lord, and you give them love and you give them grace and you give them kindness, oh God. You give them sympathy. You give them empathy, oh God. But you give it to them and they understand it, oh God. That they know that it's the enemy, that it's not right, that it's devices, oh God. That no weapon formed against them shall prosper, oh God. That they are more than than conquerors, oh God. Lord, that they are fearfully and wonderfully made, oh God. Lord, and we pray that we be consistent in praying over their lives, oh God, that not only we pray over our lives, oh God, but we pray with them, oh God, that they can confess the word over their lives as well, that they can uh, learn it and understand it and believe it and walk in it, oh God, that we know that uh, God is the God of everyone, oh God, that he is no respecter of person, oh God, that even though we're adults, he loves us just the same, oh God, that they can speak the word over their life, that the word hallelujah, is a lamp unto their feet and a light unto our, their pathway, that it guides them and it keeps them, oh God. Lord, we thank you. Uh, we are blessed and pray for uh, every leadership, oh God, and everything um, that goes on behind the scenes, oh God, in the court. Lord, this is the time to, for it to be exposed because of the faith that we have, that you are God and besides you, there is no other. Lord, we thank you and we bless your holy name, oh God. Lord, as we uh, begin to get ready to take our phones off mute, Lord, I ask that we be mindful, oh God, and come to you and come humbly and boldly to the throne of grace, petitioning you, oh God, laying everything that that we're not and everything that we are at the altar, oh God, the altar, the place where we bring everything, oh God. It doesn't matter what it looks like, whether it be nasty, whether it be good, whatever it is that we can leave it there, Lord, and that you will exchange those things, oh God, for everything of you, your characteristic, your attributes, oh God, your love, oh God. So, Lord, as we begin to take our phones off mute, we give you the highest praise. Lord, we walk in the assurance of you. 
Lord, we may, we call it out that you are a sure foundation. Hallelujah. Thank you, Hallelujah. And we thank you in the name of Jesus. Thank you. 
I never participated in the development process of uh, for for film for uh, picture development or film development, but but I've watched enough movies like some of y'all to know that chemicals and water are involved in pans and and other other equipment, and there is a process that requires time. No matter how good the photographer was, they didn't know what they had until they saw the developed image doing it in the dark you know there's a stigma attached to barrenness um, also known as infertility um, from a middle eastern perspective I, there is a there is a certain amount of stigma associated here in the western culture but it's completely different in middle eastern cultures especially during biblical times let me let me share this word with you it says lo children are a heritage of the lord and the fruit of the womb is his reward as arrows are in the hand of a mighty man so are children of youth happy is the man that hath his quiver full of them you know his quiver is like a backpack put the arrows in they shall not be ashamed but they shall speak with the enemies in the gate. Psalms 127, 3 through 5. Now, the social stress that was tied to infertility had to do with, you know, it, it brought on low self-esteem. You know, I just read that um, shame, uh, shame was a part of, uh, being ashamed was a part of that social stress. And we can imagine that there was some embarrassment associated with it as well. Children, particularly sons, were highly valued. They were seen as a treasure. In other words, a heritage. Infertile women didn't have prominence. They didn't have clout. Or, or, or worse, they they were not seen as being valuable to the family. The physical and emotional stress associated with um, phys physical or and emotional um, characteristics associated with stress are feeling frantic, overwhelmed, on the verge of tears consistently, and that stress, you guys, you all listen to this. Stress can impact the organs the nervous system, the gut, and even the brain. It can make one vulnerable to illness and infections, and a compromised immune system can hurt the healthy cells. It can also whiten your hair and shrink your brain and much more, according to Dr. Uh, Cheryl Ross. Let me give you some examples of some of, of some frantic, depressed women. I hear you moving. If you're moving right now, I hear you. Could you please mute your phone? Sarah was so frantic for a child that she insisted that Abram have sex with her Egyptian slave, Hagar. Hagar conceived uh, and Ishmael was born. That's Genesis 6, 16, 1 through 4. Here's a Tanya, not Tanya nugget. Hagar, to my knowledge, was the first surrogate pregnancy. There's nothing new under the sun. It was a part of the culture, in fact. Rebecca, Isaac's wife, also was infertile. That's found in Genesis 25 through 21. However, Isaac had a flashback. His half-brother Ishmael was mean to him, and he learned Ishmael learned that behavior from his from his mama Hagar. So Isaac was like, "Yeah, no, I don't want the drama of a surrogate." He decided to intercede for his wife and use illogical faith and believe that God would bless 
Rebecca to conceive. Here's a Tanya, not Tanya nugget again. As her covering, her husband, Isaac, pray for his wife. He didn't leave her out there on all, all alone. Rachel, Jacob's wife, the grandson of Abraham, was also barren. You can find that in Genesis 30 and 1. Rachel's rival was her blood sister, Leah. Many of you know the story. I don't have time to talk about that whole dynamic, but you can, it's good reading though. It's really good reading. Leah was also the wife of Jacob. Rachel was jealous because Leah had four consecutive births and they were all boys. So she insisted one day, she insisted to Jay, give me children or I'm going to die. And he was like, oh, my God, I love you enough, babe. Ain't it enough that I love you? Um, she, so she did what Sarai did, and she started the surrogate process. But once her character began to develop in that deep, dark, ugly place, she humbled herself, and God blessed her with two beautiful sons. Here's a Tanya, not Tanya nugget. Outside of the commonality of infertility, all three of these women were married to the patriots of the Jewish nation, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So that's the father of many nations, Abraham, his son, Isaac, and Isaac's son, Jacob, the, the forefathers, again, of the Jewish nation. Here's a little trivia about or a little history about Abraham. He is affectionately labeled the father of faith, I believe if he was going to share today, he would be able to say that his faith was illogical as well. Though he is in the dark about many of God's plans, he exercises faith all the time. For example, pack your, boy, pack your bags and your stuff, and I'll let you know when we get there. Sacrifice the son you conceived at 100. His faith never wavered according to Romans 4.20. In fact, the King James Version says his faith staggered not. Abe and his bloodline, check this out. Abe and his bloodline are attacked in the same place they will be blessed, which is to create a massive nation. There are so many Jewish uh, people that are a part of that bloodline today, just as the scripture says, they 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 are like numbering the sands on the sea. Again, the title of my share is Doing It in the Dark. There's one more infertile woman that I want to bring to your attention, and she really is the focus of my share this morning. Her name is Hannah, and her name means gracious, merciful, he that gives. How can you have a name like that, but you're infertile? I don't have time to talk about, to read her story, but you on your own can read um, the, 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 the story of Hannah's life and her illogical faith. I'm just going to, I'm just going to contextualize it for you. And her story is found in First Samuel, the first chapter. You can also read the second chapter. Uh, let me just give you this brief overview. Hannah was one of two wives of Elkanah. Hannah was barren. Um, Haran had, Hannah also had a characteristic like the other wives. Elkanah, listen, his name is hard to spell. I'm just going to call him Elkie. Is that okay? All right. Elkie loved her way more than he loved. 
his other wife, Panuna. Panuni, excuse me, Panina. That's how you pronounce it, Panina. Anyway, um, that was his other wife. She had tons of kids and daughters. She just was just kept popping them out. Anyway, every time they would, their family would go to worship. Um, well, she antagonized. First of all, she antagonized and teased Hannah all the time. Even and and the reason that she did that, the reason that I'm just gonna call her Penny. I don't want to mess up her name. The reason Penny did that was because she was jealous of Hannah because Elkie loved her more than he loved her. So um, it didn't work that she kept having these babies. Uh, it, it didn't change how Elkie felt about Hannah. Let me tell you one other thing. Having babies for men thinking you can trap them is one of the oldest tricks in the book, thinking you can force them. Actually, it's a form of manipulation, which is a form of witchcraft. Anyway, that's a whole nother subject. Hannah became depressed. She was sad often, crying all of the time. She had a loss of appetite, very, very similar to the characteristics that I mentioned earlier. But at some point, she couldn't take it anymore, the antagonism, the bullying, et cetera. She was sick and tired of being sick and tired. She was so desperate. And Hannah had no point of reference. You see, there was no Declare Victory. <clears throat> Excuse me. There was no Joyce Myers. There was no Sarah Jakes, et cetera. So she went to church. She was so troubled as she prayed that no words left her mouth. Out of instinct, though, she goes for broke. And she exercises illogical faith. But before I continue, I want to give you a point of reference. Um, that has become very popular in the in the um, uh, in the scientific world. You see, they've done some research and they they believe they've proved some points and captured these amazing methods that we can use that can help us through depression. I'm going to ask Dr. Sabrina Robertson if she would share with you uh, this particular modality so that so that you can understand where I'm coming from. Dr. Robertson, are you there? Yes. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Okay. Eye movement desensitization and reprocessing, otherwise known as EMDR, is a fairly new, non-traditional type of psychotherapy that is growing in popularity for the treatment of trauma-related psychological disorders, including anxiety disorder, panic disorder, and post-traumatic stress disorder. PTSD often occurs after experiences such as military combat, physical assault, uh, rape, or car accidents. And you don't have to be the victim yourself. You can get PTSD, anxiety disorder, or panic disorder just from witnessing these things. EMDR was developed in 1989 by a psychologist, Francine Shapiro, who was walking through the woods one day and happened to notice that her own negative emotions lessened as her eyes darted from side to side in a rhythmic pattern. EMDR appears to be a safe therapy and has no known negative side effects. During an EMDR session, the therapist will move their fingers back and forth in front of their client's face and ask them to follow the hand motions with their eyes, while at the same time, the therapist will have the client recall a disturbing event 
including the emotions and body sensations that go along with it. The therapy then involves paying attention to three specific time periods, the past, the present, and the future. Focus is given to past disturbing memories and the related events. Also, it is given to the current situations that cause distress and to developing the skills and attitude needed for positive future actions. EMDR therapy with these items are addressed using an eight-phase treatment. I'm gonna walk you guys through just a couple of the eight phases, okay? During the treatment, the client will focus on a traumatic memory while their eyes track the therapist's hand movement. These bilateral stimulations is related to the rapid eye movement sleep um, functions and helps the client process their memory. In contrast to PTSD treatments, EMDR not only closes mental wounds, but it also transforms them into personal empowerment. In the first phase of the treatment, the therapist assesses the client's readiness to engage. The client and the therapist identify possible targets for processing, including distressing memories and current situations that cause emotional distress. Other targets may include related incidents in the past. During the second phase of treatment, the therapist ensures that the client has several different ways of handling emotional distress. The therapist may teach the client a variety of imagery and stress reduction techniques the client can use during and between sessions. This stage is also used to foster trust between the therapist and the client. The goal of EMDR therapy is to produce rapid and effective change while the client maintains equilibrium during and between sessions. During phase three to six, a target is identified and processed by way of client identifying three things a vivid visual image related to the memory, a current negative belief about self, and related emotions and body sensations triggered by those visual images and negative self-beliefs. In addition, the client identifies a positive belief. The client is introduced to focus on the image, the client is instructed to focus on the image, negative thoughts, and the body sensations while simultaneously engaging in a set of bilateral stimulations. These sets may include rapid eye movement, taps, or auditory tone or vocal sounds. The type and length of these sets are different for each client. At this point, the EMDR client is instructed to just notice whatever is spontaneously happening in their body. The closure phase of EMDR serves to remind the client of the self-calming or self-soothing activities that they mastered in the phases above. After successful treatment with EMDR therapy, patients will achieve psychological reconciliation, relieve distress, and the ability to reformulate negative thoughts and beliefs, clearing the path for them to move forward beyond the past traumas that previously ensnared them. Thank you, Tanya. Wow. Thank you, Dr. Robertson. <laughs> Thank you so much, Bri. I really appreciate you. Listen, I know that might have been a lot for some of you. Um, it's my, it's my, 
I, I heard this. Sabrina knew about it already, but Dion and I, when we went to the leadership conference, and I'm going to get back to my lesson, but I want to, I want to, I want to wrap this up uh, so that it makes sense to you. I want to present it so that it makes sense to you. Uh, Dr. Anita Phillips talked about EMDR, um, and it fascinated me, and it has not left me since I was at that conference. Let me go on and talk to you about Hannah, and I'm gonna I'm gonna make this make sense. So, without knowing anything about EMDR, um, without knowing anything about any scientific term, in my sanctified imagination, I believe that Hannah was ready to release the past and move forward with her future by using illogical faith to believe God for a son. That's that's what I believe, and because she was ready to show up for her miracle by exercising her illogical faith, Hannah instinctively began to use EMDR techniques. One of the things that she, I, in my sanctified imagination, I believe that she did, I believe Hannah began to rock back and forth, d d d d uh, finding a rhythmic, uh, rhythmic pattern uh, as, she, also, as she thought about um, um, the 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 antagonism and the 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 treatment that she had received from Penny, and as she thought about um, how she wanted what she wanted to do for her husband and um, extending his bloodline, I believe that she began to rock back and forth like the old mothers of Zion as a self soothing method. I believe that she began to sob silently. And the tears ran hot down her face. I believe they probably soaked her head covering because as a Jewish woman going into the temple and even being outside in the public, she had to, she had to cover her head. Oh, bless his name. I, have you ever been so weighted that sound is constricted in your throat? I have, and it doesn't feel good. It, in fact, it feels like it's, it's a weight. Um, that that will almost suffocate you. But Hannah's illogical faith shielded her from the perceptions of others. She pressed past the negative thoughts. Ah, she she forgot about her. See, she had been exposed to so much negativity because of Penny, her rival. That external embarrassment at this point it didn't didn't even matter to her. She believed God would give her what she desired as she instinctively rocked back and forth and believed God for her miracle. She was ready to show up for her own self and to believe God would give her the desires of her heart according to Mark eleven twenty four that says, for this reason, I tell you, when you pray and ask for something, believe that you have received it and you will be given whatever you ask for. Back in the cut, uh, the priest, Eli, who was equivalent to a bishop, was watching her from a distance. At some point, he got sick and tired of her illogical behavior, which was her form of worship. She's oblivious to anyone around her as she, as she continues to seek God for help. However, Eli is so off that he assumes that she's drunk this early in the morning, which tells me that Hannah was acting out of character, not wild and crazy, but illogical. He checks her hard, but she claps back eloquently, and then he blesses her. 
In my sanctified imagination, I could see the clear bubble over her head saying, I didn't come here for your blessing. I came here to hear from God, but I'll take it. So Hannah gets up, <laughs> wipes her face, bids Eli a goodbye. She gets home. She takes a hot bath. She gives Elkie the look. You know that look I'm talking about, sister. Brothers, you know it too. <laughs> anyway, uh, Elkie timed his arrival to her tent just right as the sun was setting. When he, As he approached the tent, he smelled frankincense and myrrh, and he heard what he thought was Marvin Gaye playing in the background. Let's get it on. <laughs> Let's get it on. Anyway, he opens the flap to the tent. He sees the candlelight, and he went in unto her, and I'm going to leave it at that. Hannah found favor with God. He honored her faith. She conceived and gave birth to a son a year later. I want to detour a little bit, but I'm going to parallel. I'm on my time. I'm a little bit over my time, but it's okay. I haven't shared in a while because it's very, very um, um, appropriate for, for, for where we're going with illogical faith. Um, Hannah found favor with God. What does favor mean? Well, favor in Hebrew, first of all, is pronounced, listen to this, <clears throat> him. I'll say it again. It's pronounced him in Hebrew. English synonyms, English synonyms to favor are adornment, charm, charming, uh, grace, graceful, gracious, and to please. Now, when, when I first heard that charm was associated with favor, I got to tell you that um, it kind of threw me off. Um, actually, I was really taken aback, and the and the the teacher that I heard it, I was like, yeah, I was already watching him with a side eye. But you know, I was like, mm, where are you going with this? But because let me tell you why, I and many of us associate charm with witchcraft, witchcraft and the demonic, because that's what we hear. We hear, you know, like you'll hear different movies or what have you, like Harry Potter and other movies. Um, the, uh, even uh, television um, sitcoms that they have now, they'll talk about how they charm, somebody charmed somebody, and now that person is under their spell. However, the Holy Spirit instantly reminded me that the enemy is not a creator. He is a copycat. He's like a knockoff. He always perverts the truth. It's his nature to pervert the truth. Now, don't get mad. I need you to stay woke as I drop I drop this dope knowledge to y'all. In other words, I need you to pay attention to my words. The Art of War tells us that we need to know. It's a book, The Art of War, tells us we need to know our enemy. But the, the problem for many of us is that we don't know our enemy. Our primary enemy is the enemy, Satan, Lucifer, whatever name you want to give him. Sometimes we're so spiritual, we don't take time to study our enemy. People generally operate in patterns. They have a rhythm. When you learn the patterns and the rhythm, you can predict the outcome. This is what Sun Tzu says in his ancient writings 
from um, knowing your enemy. We can predict outcomes not because one is super spiritual, but, but businesses do it all the time. In fact, it's a part of their business practices. They must predict outcomes or they'll go out of business. Predicting outcomes allows one to pivot when necessary. It's one of my new favorite words. Carl used to call it spinning on a dime. See, when you pivot, um, it requires agility. It requires flexibility. It requires an open mind. Don't worry. I'm going to tie it all up and I'm going to put it all together. And you're going to understand how this impacts or what this has to do with illogical faith. When you pivot, you cannot be tied to the path. When you pivot, you must know when to move or when to stand still and mock time. When you pivot, you got to be able to move quickly. Um, however, if you move out of sync, moving too quickly can cause failure. So there has to be balance and you've got to know the precise time of when you should pivot. Tanya, where in the world are you going with all of this? If you woke, you won't get lost. Pay attention. Let's get back to Mother Hannah. Hannah could have become a manic depressive. Hannah could have transformed into hateful Hannah and accepted infertility. Instead, she pivoted. She made the decision to do something different, something illogical, because she was flexible. She didn't allow um, the, the, her barrenness to make her bitter and allow her to become brittle. You see, when you are, when you, when you hoard anger, um, and you be, decide to turn your anger anger inward that makes you depressed, you become you become bitter. Bitterness need, leads to becoming brittle because you're all stiff and hard from your the emotions that have that you've allowed to make you this way, right? And so when you're bitter and you become brittle, you can break. Listen to me, you can break. But instead, Hannah made a decision to believe God for something illogical, despite all of the voices in and outside of her head that screamed, that's impossible. Again, my share is doing it in the dark. I got to go, but where is your infertility? Where is your parents? What has the enemy been tormenting you about? You're just going to keep letting him bully you? Or are you ready to pivot, to spin on a dime? Are you ready to get it on? Are you ready to do it in the dark? You see, God placed a desire in Hannah that she could not shake. While, while it was a natural desire, you must know that it was part of God's plan. Samuel's conception needed to be different than a regular hump session. It needed to drive Hannah to worship. It needed to be miraculous so God could be seen as Jehovah Jireh and receive the glory from her story. But what if God did all that as a point of reference for us today? What if some of the things that we go through are to help others we may never see, or to help people that are in our circle. What if your suffering is not necessarily about you, but you're rewarded for your faithfulness? What if?
You see, faith is necessary. The word says it's impossible to serve God without it. Even in faith, not all things happen instantaneously. Some things require work accompanied by a process similar to what I said about film that develops in the dark. Illogical faith is not impatient, and it does respect the process, the work necessary, often that takes place in the dark. What's the work? The work is to, one, ask, two, believe, three, confess, four, demonstrate your faith, five, expect, and six, forgive. I'm out of time. Perhaps we can go a little bit deeper in the love, life, and victory portion of the call. I pray that something that I said, something that Sabrina said, um, triggered you in a positive way, and it encouraged you to continue to believe God on this 28th day, April 2022, at 6.55 a.m. We're going to open the call up and allow first people that did not get a chance to say good morning or to greet us this morning. We're going to allow you an opportunity to do that. Um, But first, we're going to open the call up to the men and allow them to greet. We're not going to share um, during this portion of the call. We're just going to greet. And then after we get our greetings out of the way, we're going to open the call up uh, to anybody that might have questions or that might want to share something related to the topic, or that might want to, um, you know, just just uh, just talk about the, the, the heart share this morning. So we're going to open the call up. You can take your phone off mute, and this is the time where you can say good morning. Hello. Yo, 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 yo. Good morning. It's the yo-yo man. Good morning. Anybody hey, good else? morning. This is Bahati Worley. Hi, good morning. Welcome. Is this your first time calling in? No, it's not. Okay. All right. Thank you. Thank you for sharing or uh, saying good morning. Anybody else? All right, sisters, y'all can jump. Good jump morning, Sanai J. Good morning, Sanai J. I love you. Good morning, this is Tina. Good morning, Tina. Good morning, this is Yolanda. Was that Swanita? Yolanda. Oh, Yolanda, I'm sorry. sorry. Good morning, morning, this is Jubilant. Hey, Juju, I thought I heard you too. Good morning, it's Monica. Hey, Monica. Good morning, Elsie. Hey, Elsie, and who else was that? Patsy. Hey, Patsy, how you doing? Good. Good morning, it's Moxie. Hey, Moxie. Good morning, it's Glorious. Hey, Glorious, God bless you this morning. Good morning, Ken. It's Restore Resilient Rochelle. Hey, Rochelle. Good morning. Good morning, Ms. Hilton. 
Hi, Natasha. All right. Well, if there isn't anyone at, oh, go, go ahead. I'm sorry. Good morning. This Cynthia, is Cynthia. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, Bernice. Good morning, Bernice. Good morning. This is Tenacious T. Good morning. Good morning, it's me, Mary. Hey, me, Mary. All right, well, I think we're going to go ahead and move into the love, life, and victory portion of the call. If anybody has a question you want to share and a God moment you had or um, you just want to make a comment, now is the time to do so. Let's go. Doing it in the dark. Good morning. This hey, is from Al. I, I, just I heard you. two people. Oh. Go ahead. I, Al and then there was a sister, but go ahead. Was that Al? Is this Al? Yes, ma'am. I thank you for your okay, presence. I'm just here uh, day two of pre-surgery, I mean, after surgery, rather. Um, I just thank God for, for your presence, for your sound. Um, I was trying to capture some of your five things about faith. Sometimes we forget what we need to do in our faith, even though we know. So um, I don't know if you can run it back again, but also I'm reminded of the scripture says that, you know, about, you know, God is a light unto our path. And you mentioned about darkness. So he is that light. So when we are in the dark, we're not alone, but he is that spark to give us the way so we can see through the dark so we can get out of our mess and also so that we can find our sound. Yeah, yeah. Yes, I, I first of all, um praying um for your um speedy recovery and I hope you're paying attention to the doctor's instructions. But those um those six uh principles that I shared are number one, ask, what is it that you want? Just you know, we can say, God bless me, any way you bless me, I'll be satisfied. But if you ask for, I don't know, a job and he blesses you as with a minimal wage job, you know, working, flipping burgers, is that, you know, it's a job, is that really what you want? So ask, be specific. And then you want to believe. Um, the Bible says that if you are double-minded, you know, you're unstable. And so if you're going to believe, go on and believe. And so we've been talking about belief, illogical faith, which is talking about you need, you need belief in order to acquire that. Believing that God is going to do what he asked for. It's, he doesn't need your resources. He doesn't need you to, um, you know, he just needs you to believe uh, and, and do the work. So believing that God will bless you with what you've asked for. And part of encouraging the belief is confessing what you believe continuously, not asking continuously, but confessing, I believe, God, I believe you. I believe, I believe. Find a scripture that relates to what you are believing God for. Even if it is, you know, you have you can't find a specific word in the Bible about a particular item, um, you can use this as a backdrop. Mark eleven twenty four. Whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. So ask, believe, confess, then demonstrate what action 
can you take to demonstrate your faith? If you are believing God for a, a child, for example, you you can uh, buy a maternity outfit. If you are believing God for a child and you're a man, you can buy a, a baby toy. Um, you can buy a, some diapers. You can buy some baby wipes and put them and begin to build things when I, you know, it's a demonstration of your faith, right? And and you may or may not want to share what you're believing God with. It depends on who you share it with. You may have to guard your 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 request for a while because the naysayers, naysayers and the haters um, may, you know, present so much negativity that it begins to cause you to to um, to doubt. So uh, ask, believe, confess, demonstrate. Then you want to expect. Expect that God is going to do what he said. So when you constantly saturate yourself with the word, when you go back and listen to replays from this series, it will increase your faith. When you listen to uh, gospel music that is encouraging, it will increase your faith. When you listen to sermons on YouTube or whoever is, you know, whoever it is that you are connected with, um, you, you can, we, we have so many different advantages um, that we can use to continue to build our faith, to keep us encouraged. Ask, believe, confess, demonstrate, expect, and finally, forgive. Why well, I got to forgive? Because if you're holding on to things that are offensive, that offenses, excuse me, um, th- that is that is um, unnecessary weight that the faith or the miracle God will not penetrate because it is blocking your blessing. And while we've talked about forgiveness many, many times, um, uh, I, I won't, I'm not going to change the subject for that, but um, you can go back and listen to some of the replays um, uh, that we've done on forgiveness. You can also, excellent, excellent book, workbook is Developing a Lifestyle of Forgiveness. Um, is an excellent workbook to help you work through um, the, the, the forgiveness phases and to talk to you and explain what forgiveness is so you can unload your backpack of the rocks that you're carrying around of forgiveness and become uh, lighter. Um, you can also get Dr. Sabrina Robertson's book. Sabrina, if you there, I don't remember the title, shame on me. Um, I'll get it and I'll share it with you, but those are two excellent sources that can help you walk through the process. So again, the steps are ask, believe, confess, demonstrate, expect, Oh, no, my computer just went dead. It just go to sleep on me. Uh, demonstrate, expect, and forgive. The title of Sabrina's book is The Pain of My Inheritance, My Mother's Womb. You can find that both of those um, items on Amazon. Anybody else have uh, – there was a female that said something right after that was this trying to speak. It's me. It's Gloria. Glorious. Oh, so hey, good Gloria. morning. Good morning. Thank good morning. you for your share. It uh, truly is a blessing to me. Um, I I have actually had the rapid eye treatment therapy, and wow, truly blessed me. Yeah, it blessed me. And and just to be, um, um, I was in a trucking accident, an accident with a tractor trailer, but the redirection that happened in the therapy, um. 
it makes me my, my point of reference now when I'm around tractor trailers is that those are my big brothers and they're actually here to help and protect me. So, um, and, and even in listening to your share this morning and thinking about that, it is all of the steps that you said actually were, were what happened and now how I relate to when I'm driving on the highway where I don't get the anxiety and, you know, want to pass out or want to stop driving in the middle of the highway. But God is so faithful, and I thank him that he takes the simple things and confounds the wise. But He, everything that he does is to bless and encourage us. Everything he made is, is ordered to – is has been made in order to sustain and bless his people, those of us, the, the relationship that he's made with us. So thank you so much. I appreciate you, and God bless you. Wow, that's incredible. Thank you, Gloria, because you just um, triggered um, a, a point that I wanted to make. When we were at this um, leadership conference in North Carolina last month, was it last month? Is it April? Yeah, last month. Um, we, when I heard Dr. Anita Phillips, uh, you can Google her. Um, she is a, um, I think she has a PhD. Yeah, she has a PhD and she um, is a, a psychologist. She talked about how that, this is how I wanted to connect or how I saw the connection with Hannah. Instinctively, there are things that we will do. Um, instinctively, when we are sad, I mean, really, really sad, we will cry. Um, however, that's the body's way of dealing with um, our emotions and allowing certain emotions to escape. Sabrina, if I'm off, let me know. Um, that's, that's my belief. That's my understanding. But sometimes what we will do is because especially men, and I, 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 I'm, I'm so sad for this off teaching um, that says that men aren't supposed to cry. You're supposed to be strong. That, my goodness, um, the pressure that, the additional pressure that it places on our men and our young boys, there has to be a release. And, and, and so what, what happens is sometimes the release then is turned inward, it's stuffed, and it comes out as maybe anger or rage or depression, and that's so wrong. God created us, this creation that, that we have, that he gave us, Create, created us so that we could release certain emotions that will help to heal us emotionally and physically. And so as Dr. Anita was talking, she related how that, and I'm, I'm a Pentecostal church girl. Uh, I grew up in the Church of God in Christ, and so, so did she. Immediately, my mind went back to uh, when we were in church, we would come together on a church, usually on a Friday night, sometimes on a Sunday morning, but definitely on a Friday night. And you would you would see um, the the mothers and all of us. We would be on our knees praying, and you would see people rocking back and forth. Um, we would see people. We would hear people holler because that's a part that that is also can be also a part of giving a sound to um, what what you're what you're what you're going through. And I don't know the technical name, so I'm just gonna call it things and what you're going through in order to make this make sense. Um, she also talked about um, there's a way where you can pat yourself, like you can put a bilateral movement. You can put um, cross your hands over your chest and pat one shoulder at a time. My goodness. And, and, and she also talked about how you can get up and move around, how we would walk in the church and we would just move. Some people would run, but some people, some people would just stand where they are and mock time and lift one foot up over the other and begin to call on the Lord and to begin to reflect upon the goodness of Jesus and begin to begin to be, to see themselves coming out of that situation. That's EMDR. Oh my God. 
And we've been doing that for eons. We've been doing that as far back as Hannah's day. That's amazing to me. But however, now we're not crazy anymore because science says has given it a, a new a new name. Anybody else have anything that they want to share? Yes. Can you hear me? Uh, since you attack, yes, can yes, you hear me? Because yes. it's a little loud at the school. <clears throat> you and Sabrina, this no, 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 I hear grateful. you. Okay, so I'm just saying that this is so good for me because as a person who has suffered from PTSD and postpartum depression, um, it's the real thing, and I'm grateful. What what I think we need to do is still teach more on it um, because delivering a dead baby at 18. Um, and not really having the tools that I needed then. I didn't understand. And when my sister Glory just talked about the session that she had, I too had that. And I tell you, every, oh my God, if you've had trauma, and I think most of us have had some form of trauma, it's so um, helpful in order to grow. Yeah, you prayer, 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 prayer changes things, your belief changes things, but God has ordained doctors and clinicians and therapists for that reason, because I'm trying to tell you, Trauma is something that has triggers, and unless you deal with it, like to go through, you know, delivering a dead baby and then going through the near-death experience, somebody on this line know what I'm talking about. If they've coded you, if you've ever been coded and you come back, you're not the same, and you will have triggers, and you do have to, to deal with it head on so you're not walking around depressed or you're living a life of depression, and, you know, you don't have no joy and no peace, and, and, and so... <laughs> It's just so much to this message, but I thank God that you and Bree brought it out because I'm telling you, it's so helpful to our healing, right? Because you can't be walking around wounded because you haven't dealt with that stuff. And it's so easy to look like you're healed, but if you haven't dealt with that trauma and, you know, triggers and all of that and, and tools to help you get through it, Big Sis, I'm so proud of you because I know what you went through on that freeway with that accident. So I'm just grateful for it to share this morning, and I love you guys. And it's, it's a, it's a, for me, I'm healing. I'm healed because Jesus died on the cross, but it's a lot to it. So I thank you. That's all. I'm going back on mute. Thank you, Dee Dee. I appreciate it. It's so good to know that you see. Um, um, one of the things that Dr. Phillips brought out is that if we have, if we are diagnosed with a disease, a uh, cancer, um, diabetes, high blood pressure. Um, lupus, whatever we're diagnosed, arthritis. We're diagnosed. We go, we go to our uh, primary care physician. They send us to a specialist generally to help us, uh, you know, with the diagnoses and treatment and so on and so forth. Um, however, for years, um, society has dismissed emotional disorders, just counting them up to people saying they're just crazy, blah 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 and wanting to lock them up or dismiss them or disregard them or what have you. However, today, just as one would seek help for a physical ailment, it's if, if you are not able to get past certain things in your life, um, it's okay for you to seek help for your emotional challenges. It doesn't mean that you believe God any less. If that's the case, don't go to the doctor. <laughs> for when you feel a lump or something and just, you know, exercise. You can do that. I mean, you, you can't have one without the other. 
and I'm not telling anybody not to go to the doctor and ignore symptoms. That's not what I'm saying. I'm being a little sarcastic here and trying to paint the picture. We cannot dismiss physical ailments and dismiss emotional challenges or emotional ailments like Alzheimer's and bipolar and schizophrenia. Those are all real things. They just happen in the mind and they manifest differently. Is somebody trying to say something? I hear you off mute. How are you? I'm great, thank you. Speak up a little bit. Okay, hold on just a moment. I think I need to change out my earpiece. Give me a second. Yeah. Okay. Are you there? Are you there? Um, um, Tanya, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Okay. I am so um, elated over the word on this morning. Uh, you know, I love the story of Hannah and Panina or Panina. It's such a um, a wake up to, as uh, many are, regarding emotional trauma. And the one thing I love about it is, Hannah, not only was she dealing with the fact of being barren, but she was dealing with the fact that she had, uh, she was dealing with the ex-wife of a uh, of the man that she really loved and for those years was taunted uh, by, uh, you know, it was really trauma for her to not be able to bear a child. And to have a woman in the background in your ear is many times that, um, you know, we're taunted by someone. And then when they get in the presence of another person, they act like, oh, yeah, you know, they really, really loved you when you know that that's not the truth. You know that they taunted you because they said things to you. So Hannah was a great example of us. She went to God. She went to, uh, you know, the Passover uh, each uh, as as often as she could go. She she was position uh, in position for the blessing. She placed herself there so many times. So on this morning, I'll say to those who are yet bearing barren in the womb, I believe that it, God knows the plans for us. And as um, to hear Dee Dee on many, many occasions speak of her uh, having um, to bear a stillborn, not only that, I uh, know how it feels to just even to have a miscarriage. It, it, it just does something to you psychological, and so many of us suffer. Thank you for, uh, you know, just explaining to us this morning, and also to Dr. Uh, Sabrina, for you all, I mean, the words that were being said, I'm, I was just going like, wow, we actually have a psychologist, a, a doctor on board this morning that can speak to us. Many of us are traumatized. So therefore, that's why we're drama, doing all the drama that, you know, we're acting out. So please, I, I'm asking like, uh, Dee, if we can just have more conversations like this, one-on-one, coffee, get a cup of coffee or tea and just sit with you while you explain uh, exactly what you did today. Thank you so much for being open.
Thank you. Thank you, Didi. I do want to say this. It didn't start out this way, but I believe that we have what we need on this line. And so many of you um, may not, some of you may not know that um, Sabrina is a licensed therapist. Um, She is in a doctorate program, um, but I call her doctor because, and it's nothing illogical about it because she's working on it. (laughs) Uh, She is in position. Um, she, she has a business. This is a business. Um, she is in position. If you need professional godly counsel, and when I tell you this woman loves God and she prays over her patients, and sometimes she, or not patients, but clients, sometimes she'll have us just call up, uh, just call up, you know, my client. She doesn't give us, you know, their personal information, but just pray in this particular area. Um, you can reach out to her. You can hit her up on Facebook. Uh, her, again, her name is Sabrina Robertson, R-O-B-E, R-O-B-E-R-T-S-O-N. Um, and I'm, I'm sure that if she's not able to help you, she can help you find somebody that can because she has a network of professionals that she deals with too. But there's no sense in us walking around with PTSD and um, all the other anxieties when there is help available. And you don't necessarily have to get professional help if you're willing to do the work. Or maybe, listen, I, when Carl passed, uh, two things. When Carl passed, um, one of the very first things, once I got my head together, I wanted to do was talk to a professional, um, somebody to guide me through the process because it was unfamiliar to me. It was uncharted water. I, I'm a little off, but not, you know, I'll have a mental disorder. I'm just a little off. <laughs> Some people might argue differently, but um, I wanted to get some direction. And so I sought a godly counselor and I'm so glad that I do it and every, that I did it every opportunity that I get, I recommend her to people that are dealing with things that are, that they can't handle on their own. And so if you've been dealing with something for a long time, anything, you know, if it's been over a year and you're like, you're having major anxiety, anxiety attacks or what have you, you don't have to live with that fear. There are some techniques that people can show you to help walk you through that, and you'll be better for it. And then you can testify of God's goodness because it's God who actually also leads you through it. No different, again, than a doctor prescribing certain therapies for you to get better. And one of those things could be surgery to eradicate whatever the thing is and then allow time for healing and some some other things that you need to do, medication or what have you. Um, it's, it's no different. It's just dealing with the emotions that we cannot see. They just present themselves as anger or um, other other behavioral uh, behavioral problems. Another thing that I did without even realizing about EMDR, uh, knowing that it was a thing until I till just last month, is that when I feel um, uh, sadness trying to, you know, I still grieve, not like I did in the beginning, but when I feel, um, you know, every now and then there's a trigger, I feel something trying to creep in. I also do something rhythmic that changes my mindset. One of the things that I do is is that I will turn on some R&B and I will get up and I will dance. Yeah, I will get up and I will dance with my saved, sanctified, will pray and preach you under the table self. Mm-hmm. It is liberating for me. It brings about joy. It allows me to allow my body to move and get rid of that negative emotion. Another thing that I will do, because if I'm sitting in the car, I might just turn some music on and just start. I'll change the channel. 
I changed the station. I refused to allow myself to go down a rabbit hole, a rabbit hole. Now, some people may not be able to be there. You may, not be, you may not be at that point and you might need a little bit more. It's okay. It's okay. I'm not trying to force anything down your throat. I just want you to know that there is help available for you. Long after the experience, like even years after the trauma uh, can stay lodged and trapped in our bodies, it can actually manifest as certain conditions. Treatment allows us to hold it differently. That's all. That's all treatment does. It allow, that's, that's not me being smart. That's Sabrina. <laughs> it allows us to hold it differently. You heard Gloria say? Now, because she went through that treatment, and I believe that was it was God inspired as well. God, Gloria had some things to do. God, God ordained medical and psychological help, and He equipped people to do it. Some of them are saved, some of them are not. Right? You you can pick and choose who you want, but here's the thing: it, it then then He helps those people help us to identify certain things that enable us to get past our past. Did you get that? To enable us to get past our past so we can live in our what? Our now. Yes, ma'am. Who is that? Was somebody Hi, saying? Tanya. I don't, I don't, I, it wasn't me, but I wanted to jump in and say hello to you. And I'm going to prophetically say it as well, Dr. Robertson. Um, Thank you so much for your share this morning. Uh, so good, uh, so good. Uh, this is Christina Joy. For those who may not know, I was thinking about what you said about doing it in the dark and the six steps that you gave us as well. Um, even in the scripture that you um, pulled from, Psalm 139, and um, how in verse 11 and 12, it said, it talked about the darkness saying you could, Ask the darkness to hide you and the light to become night. But even in darkness, we cannot hide from God because darkness and light are the same to him. So often we think of uh, darkness as having a negative connotation, like you said, because the enemy has distorted things. But at the same time, he forms us in the darkness. Um, sometimes we're hidden in darkness. And that's where a lot of the work happens that we don't even see at times that he's doing to protect us. So great share. Great share, great share. Thank you both. Thank you, Miss Christine Joy. Anybody else? Hey, Tan and Shell. I just want to jump on um, great declaration. I like how every time I um, read or hear um, Hannah's story, it gives me a different take. And from the trauma, I just imagine her going home every time and try to figure out a way each time going back each year having to be tormented and how to soothe that trauma um, and how she went through the six steps probably each year probably daily each time she went back home to um because you know that the time that they went up was a time for celebration it wasn't a time of celebration for her because she was like i'm not going to celebrate nothing but each time how she had to walk in her trauma and that last time she went back and you called it going for broke and we say it all the time give everything that you are to him and that's just a vision i get of her going to the altar 
which is God, not, not she, yeah, she went to the temple, but the altar to him, she poured it all out. She said, I will not allow myself to be robbed or cheated, not another day, but I will go to the one that can open this door that, um, you know, not taken away, but I know that can give. So I, I, I see what you're saying. I, I And as I sat here and listened, it reminded me of a day um, when my oldest son, um, who is now passed away, how he was getting into trouble and he was in juvenile hall. And I one day I just put on, I don't know why, I just put on this white coverall and I laid my blanket out in my room and I just began to cry out to the Lord and I cried and I could remember not being able to say anything and I could hear my husband walking back and forth. He would not come in that room because he knew. It was whatever it was. If he was gonna go in there, it was gonna he was gonna be laying down too. But I just remember, and then losing him years later, it was that dedication. It was that face to face with God concerning him that helps me to understand. No, it's not gone, but that peace and why it is, why it can be that peace because I had dedicated him back and it makes total sense as to why she would empty out everything and give everything to him in order for God to be God in, in, in every, um, every inch of that. Um, so great declaration just gave me, gave me something else to, you know, think about and be grateful and thankful that God is God. And if we allow him and position ourselves and allow him in those places that, um, you know, he'll do what he does, that he is, that now faith, just walking in and believing that he is a rewarder to those who diligently seek him. So grace here. Thank you, Rochelle. And you reminded me of um, something that it had to be um, like living in torment to live with your husband who and share him with another woman. So she saw Penina all the time. She saw her when she before she started showing, she saw her, she may, <laughs> oh, I'm going to be nice. She she saw her, you know, maybe heard the morning sickness. And, and if Penina was as rag, raggedy and ratchet as I think she is, she probably threw it up in her face, you know, did a whole bunch of extra whenever she got around, uh, whenever she got around Hannah, you know, Elkie, can you come help me? Can you go find me some olives? Can you go pick me some olives? I just, the baby is just crazy. Like she probably just put it on so thick, right? And then once she had the baby, she um, she, she trained her children, I'm sure, taught her children to hate and despise Hannah. To live with that every day, it's, it's not bad enough that I don't have no babies of my own, but I got to watch you and you got, and you throw it up in my face. Oh, there was no peace in that place. It was absolutely traumatic. I don't know how many years, but you would imagine it was a, it was at it was at least she had we don't know how many kids she had she had she had a bunch of kids we don't know how many she had right we don't know how long but you know nine months per kid and maybe a month or two in between you know you talk about several years um, so living with that um, it could not have been easy uh, for her and so uh, I wanted to um, make sure that before we go there. Want to make sure there isn't anybody else that has a uh, another comment or a question or wants to Good morning. Good morning. 
morning, big sis. This is um, Brother E. Hey. So I was just listening, just listening and everything, um, and, and loving your your declaration, loving your your take. Um, I'm also Pentecostal, uh, born and raised. Now uh, my denomination is a little older than Kojic, but we are. Uh, in I think the last ten years, we we've been officially tag team at Sister Churches, which is the United Holy Church of America. But I think uh, my my take and what I was raised in was was very different. Uh, United Holy Church of America, when I grew up, we had women pastors. We had women ministers and evangelists. So I did not grow up in that era where women were not allowed to preach, were not allowed to to teach. We were very moderate in in that in that era. <clears throat> but to go go on, on on you know besides that, um, Hannah is is a uh, is a story that I very much relate to because I think when I think of Hannah, I think I think about my my grandmother, when I think about the illogical faith, I remember my grandmother, not first person, but, you know, my grandmother praying on on this little child that was born, you know, heroin addicted, and the doctor said that he ain't going to make it. And And my grandmother praying on me, and, of course, I'm here today, and, 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 and remembering my mother's account, how when they came out the hospital, my grandmother kind of just grabbed me from there, you know, uh, and dedicating me, as Hannah dedicated. Hannah is one of the seven miracle births of, of women in the Bible. Hannah also is, 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 is I, to me, when I listen to you, example of the illogical faith and God speaking directly to women that even if you have illogical faith, he's going to confirm it. Uh, Eli, a high priest, happening at that time to come come through the temple uh, while Hannah's praying, you know, that's, a, that's like the senior pastor coming through. Anybody else could be there. But also seeing that Hannah... Is, is doing that, rebuking her first, but something in Eli saying that there's something about this woman that I, I have to bless her, and 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 seeing um, her son come to fruition and and and, and being a, a part of that, I I believe that Hannah is a, a lesson that we that we've uh, that we must hold up. And have, having to go through uh, not only Elkanah, uh, but his wife. And sometimes, you know what I'm saying, I was just looking at the whole dynamic. Even even a husband saying, well, you know, and I know you ain't got no children. And at that time, that was all, that was like, you know, for a woman, that was what what, what was expected. That was 
there that was what you what you did. But you know, sometimes we men don't get it. You know what I'm saying? Well well baby, you know, you, you with me. I'm 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 high priest. You know what I'm saying? I'm I'm doing good to you, I'm giving you all that. You know, and and I worth more than that. And sometimes having to look and, and see that our wives, our, our women, have a calling to have a purpose that that is separate from us, and having to support that. Amen. Yep, that's true. That's true. You know, but I push thank us, God that God bless Hannah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yes. Amen. I thank God that amen. you know that he that he blessed Hannah. Uh, with with that, and and that Hannah has stood through the ages of time, right? As a woman, yeah. you know what I'm saying that that yeah. all through that and everything was able to produce uh, uh, this magnificent magnificent son, and because she gave him to God, Samuel is one of the few men in the Bible that you cannot find any faults. You got Samuel, you have Daniel, and there may be a couple other persons. You know, even though Samuel wasn't the best parent, but if you look right. in the Bible, Samuel is, is one of the few men in the Bible. Even Moses uh, had, had, had rebuked. But Samuel is one of the few men in the Bible that you cannot find no fault in. And I think that's but Eric, Eric, check this out. Look, listen, yeah. listen to this. I don't know if you, I don't know if you all, everybody, you know, I don't know if y'all paid attention when I said I know I said so much, but I talked about towards the end of the the end of the towards the end of the declaration, I talked about the what if, and I talked about how that God placed the desire in Hannah's heart to have a son. Now, now. It is also him who locked up her womb. He 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 is the one that did not allow her to conceive, but it was for a reason. And so, if we can take our eyes off of the suffering that we're going through, how uncomfortable it is that we're in the dark, that we're isolated, so on and so forth, and just submit our wills to God, knowing that. There is a purpose behind everything that we go through. It's not always about us. God uses people in order to accomplish his will. Do y'all get that today? Does anybody else? I mean, today, is there anybody on the call that can say today, you know, you, you heard something different and understand today that the suffering is not just about you, that you understand that behind the suffering, behind the trial, behind the thing that you're facing, there's purpose behind that. Is there anybody on the line today that can attest yes. to that? Yes. Yeah? Yes. Oh, that's yes. awesome. That's Amen. awesome. If, if, if nothing else, I'm glad that you all were able to see that because that's important. See, when we, when we take the focus of, off of us and what we're feeling and what's happening to us, it releases some of the pressure. We're then able to now see, so I see that, if you can imagine this as a ladder, 
you're at the you're at the bottom of the ladder, the bottom the bottom rung, I think they call it. Anyway, you're at the bottom of the ladder, and the bottom of the ladder is being in the dark and being in despair. And you get an epiphany like you had today of this is not even though this is happening to me, it's not so much about me, and I'm just going to trust God for the process. He has a purpose behind this. I don't know what it is, but he has a purpose behind it. And so that allows you to take a step up the ladder. And then once you exercise, this is my sanctified imagination. I don't have a scripture to, to back this up, right? This is how I perceive it. And then what, because we've a, we were able to take that st step out of the dark, we're, we're making our way out of the dark pit. We've taken that step. Then we turn around and we also apply one of the principles of faith that I give, that I gave, to, not principles of faith, but one of the, the uh, one of the six principles that we can use to have illogical faith: the ask, the believe, the confess, the demonstrate. You get you get two or three of those principles. You get them and you get them real good, even though they may not make sense to you. You just start to apply them. Then you go up, you go up five steps out the ladder. Now you're now you're out of the dark tunnel and you can see a little bit things are starting to make sense. It's, it's the process is what I'm trying to get you to see. And that we don't, I'm even talking to me. Very often I have to have a conversation with myself and say, you're taking this way to, why are you taking this personal? Why, what, what, trigger, what triggered you to make you feel that you had to respond that way? Who, who, who are you trying to prove something to? You're an adult. You, you make your decisions. You stand by them. You don't have to prove anything to anybody. You don't have to explain anything to anybody. Why, why are we feeling like this? This is what Tanya will say to me. <laughs> She's good for some stuff. Anybody else have any experience with talking yourself off the ledge, talking yourself back into being rational? Anybody else? And, and are you willing to share that? Can you? Okay, I heard two people. Go ahead, well, whoever well, one is glorious. It's glorious. Okay. I don't know who else yeah. the other person was. But just yeah. just as a point of reference, for me, for the um, the rapid eye movement therapy, I had to talk myself into agreeing to it because all of my religiousness and all that stuff thought it was witchcraft and all that was kind of crazy stuff. And and had I not submitted to what God had allowed to come into my life, I don't know. I could have stopped in the middle of the highway. And been killed. I could have been hindering my own life and my ability to move forward past what those memories were. So, yeah, I agree totally. That's great, Gloria. Thank you for painting the picture the way that you did, um, because we have to be doing willing to do the work. Who was the other person? I didn't. I didn't hear the name. It was Cheryl, and I. I have to. Okay. Talk, I'm like Gloria. I have to encourage myself. Um, it's not about me, but it involves me. So. Um, you know, yeah. do your part, yeah. do your part, show up, do your part, um, and stop trying to, you know, make it about you. It's not about you, um, and do what you're supposed to. Yo, that's so rich. That That is so rich. And the reason that I say that is because, again, it takes the pressure off of us. And as long as the enemy, listen to me. Satan is an accuser of the brethren. Now, it's not always the devil. Sometimes it's us who um, experience these self-inflicted wounds. Sometimes it's us who, who cause the drama that we're experiencing. But it also um, is the enemy who accuses us 
of um, see if you wouldn't have got in the car, you wouldn't have never got in the accident. See if you wouldn't have went. Now you're the one that tempted me to go out with old boy. Now I'm in this raggedy relationship. Now now you now you telling me that I ain't I ain't no good and he ain't no good for me or whatever the case may be. Right? He Satan is an accuser of the brethren. If we constantly accept his accusations, if we constantly agree with him um, and begin to act on those accusations, that's self-inflicted. All he can do, listen, all he can do, all the enemy can do is bring thoughts to our mind. He can't make us do anything. It's when we act on those thoughts. And it may not even be a sinful thought. It may be a thought that leads you down the road to spiral out of control emotionally. That then surfaces as emotional eating or surfaces as anger or social surfaces as someone that begins to cut themselves or surfaces as something that is totally contrary to the word of God because you have, or we have accepted things that don't even belong to us. God is simply using us as a vessel to accomplish his will because he trusts you. He trusts me. Anybody else before we close? This is Diddy. I just wanted to say that I know. Okay, I heard Diddy and I heard, hold on, Diddy, Diddy. I heard Diddy and one other person. Who was that? Tasha, Natasha. Tasha, okay, go ahead, Diddy. So I was just saying, thank you, Michelle and Gloria. Because of me delivering my son and not seeing him, and I shared it before, I know I have, but I now know that as painful as that was, and as long as I, you know, I was allowing the enemy to use that to, to torment me, I know now, and even yesterday, Tiana, when I sent you that video, God said, this is what that was for, because you were going to be able to love all these babies, and there's more and more coming, and I said, I don't even like kids like that, but I'm getting, I understand that. And how he allowed me to be at the side of so many women that lost babies. Like my one friend, Michelle, she um, lost four babies at one time. So I know it would I take it off of me. Painful as it was to know that and when those traumas come, we have to deal with those traumas. If we don't, we won't heal. But the main thing that you share, I don't care how people think they're healing. You can praise God fast and pray. But if you are unwilling to forgive and if you are holding on to bitterness, you're not going to get better. You're going to stay stuck in that. And that's real talk. A lot of it is self-inflicted. The enemy does not have that kind of power. We have to want to be well no matter what we've gone through. So I just want to share that. And I love you so much. Your storytelling, oh, my goodness. It just makes me grow up. Beady. Um, so I just there. had an epiphany. I okay. literally just. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were finished. The bear what? No, no, no. I was just going to tell you that it's, it's twofold because those minor bears, I caused in a whole bunch of ruckus with a, with a river and bees. <laughs> <laughs> um, you, you, just, you just painted a I don't know if you really paid attention to what you just said. Remember what I said earlier in the story that the irony, the commonalities with these women, all three were married to patriarchs. All three were barons. And the issue was tied to their purpose, their lack. They had to overcome their lack in order to be able to carry out the will of God, which was for Abraham to be the father of many nations. Had it not started with Sarah, 
there never would have been an Isaac. And had there not been an Isaac, there never would have been a Jacob. And had there not been a Jacob, Jacob is the Jacob, also known as Israel, is where we get the 12 tribes of Israel, the 12 tribes of Jacob from. Do you see this? And so, Didi, when I look at, like, I look at you and I go like, man, I'm not a baby person. I'm not, I'm not saying there's only certain babies that I'm drawn to, particularly my grandkids. Outside of that, it's going to be a little stretch. And that's just how I'm wired. I don't I don't have to be the woman that loves the babies all the time. I prefer teenage <clears throat> people that can go, you know, let's go, you know, you can go to the bathroom on your own and you can tell me when you're hungry or your stomach hurts. I prefer those kind of kids. And even those to a certain degree. My point is, Dee Dee, your your tragedy has now turned into triumph. Because had you shot shut down, you not we would not, these babies that and these people, these adults even, that are blessed by your warmth and your genuine love, um, it's because you were willing to do the work, even though it took you a minute, whatever, however long it took you, it took you a minute to get past certain things past, over the, the death of your stillborn baby, but today you're flourishing. Who, who else was that that I wanted to share? Natasha, I think. Yeah. Um, hmm. You said a, a, a lot, and I, I came in at the greeting, so I missed the declaration, but the love, life, and victory has been um, so rich. I'm looking forward to hearing the playback, but I just have a world of emotions that have been stirred up. So I hope I can articulate without rambling, but I'm grateful for this conversation because it's so important, um, especially when we talk about the mental um, struggles that we can't that can't be seen for people to have a place and to know that it's okay to not be okay. And in my journey, I, 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 there was a point in time where I didn't recognize that. I didn't, I didn't know that. And I, I carried shame because of the mental challenges and the postpartum depression and, and all of that, especially having struggled, uh, to have children for so many years and then to get these beautiful blessings and then to have postpartum depression. And I was like, what's wrong with you? You know, I felt that um, it, there was some deficiency in me and I was somehow weak and, and I needed to be stronger. So just, I say that to say, I'm just, I'm, just, I'm grateful that we're getting to a point where we can have these conversations and people can understand that it's okay to not be okay. And it's important to reach out for help. And the emotion that is stirred up in me lets me know that I still have there's work that I still have to do in healing and dealing with trauma and triggers. And you talk about triggers, but I'm grateful for the progress and growth. I had a trigger issue just this week. And it was one of those things where in past times it was the kind of thing that could have sent me down a rabbit hole and I may have been down for weeks. But to your point, Tanya, you talk about using strategies and figuring out how to talk yourself through it. I'm grateful to have to to be learning tools of how to, to deal with these these things, the triggers that come up and, and recognizing that there's still work and healing that has to be done. So I'm just grateful for um, this line and this conversation and for God opening my eyes to, to see um, steps to take next to continue in the process with growth. So just thank you.
Thank you for your, your share and for your teaching. I'm going on mute. That was rich too. Never again, Natasha has learned some things to do to manage her emotions. Um, that's huge. I don't, I don't know if you recognize how huge it is, the fact that you didn't allow yourself to go down the rabbit hole. That's huge. That's a step. <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's a huge step, sis. And that is to be celebrated. I, I believe that we are a work in progress. <laughs> as long as we're alive, as long as we're breathing, we're going to have work to do. As we, as we live, as we go through different phases in life, you know, we go from puberty to teenagers to, you know, being young adults to being adults, all these alphabets, they call them Gen Xs, Ys and Zs, whatever that is, our bodies change, our thinking changes, situations that we face change, you know, cause us to change for the good or for not, not so good, depends on where we are, how we perceive it, and what we're willing to accept and what we're willing to do. Uh, I made a decision. I was going to fight for my sanity. I made a decision um, the day that Carl died. I made a decision that I was going to live. He died, but I didn't. I don't know what I need to do to figure this out, but I'm with God's help, I'm going to figure it out. I used joy as my anchor, not because I was happy that he died, not because I was happy that I was single, not that I was happy that, you know, I didn't have to fall in a toilet bowl in the middle of the night, none of those silly things, but making a decision to have joy, unspeakable and full of glory, instead of making a decision to pack my bags, all of my belongings, and go move to depression, anxiety, which crosses in between a, uh, excuse me, depression, which is at the corner of anxiety. I didn't know how I was going to do it. Actually, I knew I wasn't going to do it. I knew that God was going to do it. He was going to bring me through. I didn't know how. I was just willing to show up. And on the days when I did not have the capacity to show up, I didn't. But I never went a full 24 hours where I was just stuck. My people around me wouldn't do that anyway. <laughs> Dion, I don't know if you're on the call or not, but I heard this teaching on sound that blew me away. Um, and I, I, maybe one day we'll talk about it. But anyway, it's getting at the top of the hour. I don't want to belabor the time. I really pray that you guys have been blessed this morning and that your perception of illogical faith is starting to make sense. <laughs> It is starting to become logical to you. It is a part of your DNA. It is a part of your makeup. And it is your go-to when situations arise. I want to tell you it's okay if a situation arises and you immediately go into human mode. That's okay. That just lets you know that you got to fine-tune some things so that me too, because I don't always have a spiritual thought when I say something now. Let's be absolutely honest. I said we are a work in progress, um, but I get it together pretty quickly. Very rarely do I spiral out of control and just lose lose it. Very, very, very rarely. All right. I think I'm out of words. 
I'm not really. Um, I, I have more words, but I'm not going to talk anymore. Unless does somebody have one last thing? Yeah. yeah, can I? I just I wanted to um, shout out all the ladies in, who were in Archer Circle last night. Um, Tasha, Natasha, uh, there was uh, Joyce, Rochelle, Sonia, Elsie, Gloria. Um, you talked about how you don't let yourself spiral out of control when you have those moments, and sometimes um, you know what to do, but you need reinforcement or you need accountability. You need that tribe of sisters that help you as you work your way through that that difficult moment. So I just want to thank those ladies last night for helping me through a difficult moment I was having where Amen. I knew That's not to spiral, thing. but yeah, they helped yep. me. They helped you not to. Yep. Girl, bye. <laughs> you better, we ain't doing that today. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. All right. All right. We're going to pray. Father, I just thank you. I thank you for the word that went forth. Uh, your word says that it's quick and it's sharp and powerful than a two-edged sword. It hit me and it hit and it hit the recipients. I pray today that someone changes their mind about how they um, handle situations and that they know and understand there is help available for them if they want it uh, through you and through the people that you've blessed with the expertise to help walk, walk us through situations that are, are too great for us, too traumatic for us or that we don't even know where to begin. But just having somebody to point us in the right direction. I pray if there is a woman on this call that is struggling physically in her body uh, with infertility, Father, I thank you. And I stand in agreement with her. I thank you for opening up her womb and blessing her with the child or the children that she desires, just like you did it for Sarah, just like you did it for Rachel and Rebecca and Hannah, and so many other women in the Bible, you can do it for her. We even have someone, uh, Elizabeth Hudson, who shared her testimony about infertility and how you blessed her, not just once, but twice. And so, God, you are able to do anything. Your word declares that if we, whatever things we desire when we pray, believe that we receive them and we shall have them. Have them. So, Father, I thank you. I also pray for those that are spiritually barren. Mm -hmm spiritually barren, almost to the point of bitterness and brittleness to the degree of breaking. I pray that today they woke up, that they heard something today that gives them the strength, the courage, and the tenacity to keep going because they win if they don't quit. It's in Jesus' name that we pray and give thanks. And ask you to bless us as we go out into the marketplace and take care of the business that we have at hand, that you watch over our children and our families, and so that when we return to our homes, uh, we return to them exactly the way that we left them. In Jesus' name, thank God. Amen. I love y'all. Have a great day. Love I you. think there's a call tonight. The women's call tonight. I'll make sure if you have time, you can chime in. Otherwise, we'll see you back here tomorrow. Bye.